0: who's fired up to be at church today yeah hey that was awesome band right there money I wanted to sing it now you know why they let me sing at the 3 a.m service only uh, I am so excited to be here as part of the God of Finance uh, series uh, it's been great I've been following along and uh, here's what I know money is fun if you have some is that true yes And so we're going to talk about, you know, hey, how to get some money, how to keep it around, how to keep our friend Ben Franklin around a little longer, Uh, Andrew Jackson, Ulysses S. Grant, Alexander Hamilton, keep him around as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've watched all this series. Uh, It's been great. In fact, in the first week, Pastor talked about these idle lies uh, and the ROI of kingdom investment. And then I'm telling you, he talked about something really bad. He talked to you about Fairley Dickinson. Do you know why that's bad? Because I went to Purdue University. (laughs) And we were gonna win it all this year. And we're the second team ever to lose as a number one seed to a 16 seed, get fired up. And so I was personally hurt by that, but uh, I've recovered a little bit, barely. But I am excited to be with you today. I brought a picture of my family. Uh, If you don't know me, you know I wanna make sure you see my family here. Uh, Me and my bride were married 25 years ago. We had a baby girl a couple of years in our marriage, and that's my daughter. She just graduated from college, and uh, she has a job, and she's off the payroll. (laughs) Woo! Get fired up. Uh, We dealt with what's known as secondary infertility. My wife had ovarian tumors. And uh, I I also sing How Great Thou Art because they mentioned some really terrible words when we went through those surgeries. And uh, 10 months later, they recurred. And uh, we were trying to get our money right. And how many of you know that if you say, I'm gonna get my money right, you could go out and all four of your car tiles would be flat? Right, because we have an enemy. And God healed her up and 10 years later, our little son was shown, showed up. And then three years later, at the age of 40, we had another one. <laughs> so I've got a college graduate and a third grader. And I am <laughs> pumped. And, and so th- those are some money challenges, basically growing up two different generations in our household uh, so if you wanna know why I do what I do, well, my family is part of that. That's why you do what you do, right? We love our family, we love our friends, and also we have these desires that God puts in our hearts. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the, desi- the desires of your heart. Who here today, you have some desires in your heart that are as of yet not funded? The bank account says it can't happen. Yet you have the desire. Today we're going to talk about how to get that funded through the Lord. And we're going to read a passage of scripture from this book in the Bible that has two chapters, Haggai. Now, now who would be honest and say, I didn't know Haggai was a book in the Bible? Okay, that's good. But Haggai is an incredible, it's known as a minor prophet, but there's an incredible word from the Lord that is just as relevant to our life right now as it was way back then. We're gonna read it and see what we can learn from it. Haggai chapter one, verses one through 11 will be on the screen. And I'm gonna do my best to pronounce these words correctly. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josedak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. You ever heard that phrase before? (laughs) This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. This is the word of the Lord, and if I were to give this message a title, it would be this. It's time to get a new purse. Will you pray with me? Lord, I pray today today that you would speak to each of us. Lord, we pray for one thing and one thing alone, Lord, and that is clarity of a next step. Help us to honor you. Lord, you are the God of finance. Help us to honor you, Lord. And God, for the dreams that you've placed in our hearts, give us clarity for that next step. We'll never stop giving you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I am fired up for this. Some of you already got your word from the Lord already. You're like, time to get in a purse, let's go, right? In fact, uh, I don't know much about purses, uh, but I did some research in preparation for this, and uh, I I was looking at these names. Some of you know these names. I I don't know many of these. I've heard of a few, like Kate Spade. Is that a good name of a purse? Talk to me. Dooney and Burke. Michael Kors. Okay. Coach. (laughs) Gavinci. Gavinci. I don't know. How's it pronounced? Okay. Fendi. Jimmy two? are these purses? I don't know, Louis Vuitton, yeah. Oh, now, okay, I heard a whoop right there. Here's what I know. The, 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 The name matters a lot when it relates to price, but the primary of a purse is to do what? It's to hold things. Has anybody ever had something that had a lot of special features, but it's almost like the creators of it forgot about what its main purpose was? Let me tell you this story um, about how that happened to me. Me and my bride, uh, I I really wanted to move out to the farm. I grew up on a farm. I grew up just south of Indianapolis, Indiana, in the cornfields of Indiana. I moved to South Carolina in 1998 with a job transfer. And uh, I'm a farm boy living in a subdivision. Now, let me tell you what type of farm boy. Like, I bought a tractor, like a a John Deere tractor, because it's got to be green. And I had it like a full-size tractor. I'm not talking about a ZTR. I'm talking about the full-on farm tractor, and I lived on a half-acre lot. (laughs) I would drive it around the neighborhood. My neighbors just stared at me because I was just a forlorn farm boy, and so I wanted to move to a farm, so I bought a farm, and my wife, for some reason, decided that we should have a house on that property, And, and I was fine with living in a Maytag refrigerator box, but we, we designed this house and we bought, built this house and for some reason she didn't want to move the old appliances to the new house. Like they had worked really well for us for like 16 years. So, so we compromised and we went and bought new appliances and I'm telling you, these appliances she bought, she bought this washer and dryer that you can control on the app. It plays songs when it's done like you can preload the song you want it to play. Right? It's like at the car wash, right? It's just unbelievable. And when it's done, it will make all these sounds. I mean, it's just amazing. There's just one problem with the dryer. Guess what that is? It won't dry clothes. I'm talking three or four cycles, and it's still like damp clothes. Has anybody ever had this problem? Like appliance that just doesn't work. And I'm like, these designers have obviously forgotten the primary role of a dryer is to dry clothes. Because it almost, the the great new things, the ding-dongs and the songs, all of that stuff actually, the neat stuff, actually becomes a great annoyance when the main thing doesn't work. It's like you guys forgot the priority and that was you need to dry my clothes. Now I will not name The appliance manufacturer, because they made it right and gave us a new one, and the new one actually dries, and I got the one that doesn't sing songs to me. So that's great. But let's talk about these purses. The primary job of a purse is to do what? Hold things. If you had this Louis Vuitton purse, right? Now, we know one thing. That costs somebody a lot of money, right? But if if you walked along the street and all your money had fell out of it, if it had holes in it, you, you would no longer really care that it said Louis Vuitton, right? You would just be frustrated that your purse had holes in it. And so I would ask this question today. How is your purse? How is your purse? Because I know that many of us have had a life where God has sent blessing our way, and it's almost like we put it in a purse with holes in it. Can I get a witness? It's almost like I don't know what is happening. We produce income. I feel like we're making pretty good decisions, but when it gets to the end of the month, nothing is left over. And I'm always desperate for more, and I think more is the answer. Have you ever been there? I've been there. I, I, let me tell you a little bit about, about my story. I went to Purdue University. My first weekend there, they offered me free stuff if I fill out credit card applications. I filled them all out. I mean, I filled it out. What's your name? Joseph Sangel. What is your income? Zero dollars. What is your job? I don't have one. And they gave me a free two liter of Coca-Cola. Get fired up. Went to the next table, filled it out, and AT&T gave me a free t-shirt that advertised their list service. I'm officially old. Some of you don't even know what long distance is, right? But some of you have wounds on your soul because you talk too long on long distance And you got in trouble. Who got in trouble? Talking. It used to cost you money to call someone on the other side of town. Right? Some of you don't even know that. Think about too much data or something like that. And and then I, I went to the next one, and American Express gave me a duffel bag that I still use for hunting to this day. And even though I admitted I had no job and no income, guess what showed up in the mailbox a week later? Yeah, a credit card. And the next day I started practicing with it. And I am good at it. I have the spiritual gift of making money disappear. Anybody have that gift? Right? And I should have implied that wisdom from the kids show that says swiper. No swiping. Come on, Vamanos, everybody, let's go. But I was swiping away. And so I financed all my college education with Sally May, student loan company. Anybody know her? Or her first cousin's Navient Federal Direct Loan, right? Great Lake Servicing. And, uh, and then I needed, I needed a different car because my car, my 1981 Datsun had caught on fire not once, but twice. The rear end had snapped off the frame. It wiggled like a fish down the road. The, driver, the passenger side floorboard had rusted out. I had a custom cut piece of plywood in there so my passenger would fall out. And then one day the door would not close properly and in a sure sign my engineering degree wasn't working I couldn't fix it because we didn't have YouTube yet, and uh, so I literally rolled down the window and tied the door shut with clothesline and went in and out of the window like the Dukes of Hazard. So do you agree I needed a different car? Please say yes, but I wanted a new car, so guess what I did? I went and bought a new car. I even financed the sales tax, and then I moved to South Carolina with a job transfer, and You know, there's a lost book in the Bible, the first book of Hesitations, chapter three, verse two, says every guy needs a pickup truck. (laughs) No, I made that up. But I bought one, 100% finance. That was a good spot for the guys to say amen. Uh, Yeah, we need a pickup truck. And so then I asked my college sweetheart to marry me, and I financed the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding, and the honeymoon to Jamaica, all on the credit card. And then we somehow bought a house And then we needed furniture. Based on my track record, do you think I paid cash for the furniture? No. 24 months, same as cash, we had furniture. And watch this. I was making more income, but for some reason, I couldn't fire my wanter. The thing, the endless wanting, the shiny stuff syndrome. And as a result, I would spend it all and then would dare to look at a holy God and say that I wasn't the problem. He needed to give me more. You ever been there? And God gave me more, I think, just to show to me that that wasn't the answer, and I just spent it up too. And I literally felt as I was running through this passage of Scripture that it was speaking to me back then, that literally I was earning income only to put it in a purse with holes in it. I needed a different purse. And so I, I, I wonder, let's just look at it on a macro sense. Does anybody feel like maybe we're in a nation that has a purse with holes in it? Yeah. This is not political. Let's just look at it from the usdebtclock.org. I got a picture to show you. Look at it on the screen. Do you see that there? We only have $31.63 trillion of debt. If you were to divide that by every U.S. citizen, man, woman, and your children, that is $94,527 per person of debt. Get fired up. And both sides, listen, Republicans, Democrats, they've all just spun it up. Hey, it will not work. It doesn't work individually in a household. It does not work nationally. And so I would just encourage you, if this describes you, I came here to declare today, it's time to get a new purse. And, And if you are with a good purse, it's time to go help others. It's time to go teach them the ways of the Lord. Let's see what we can learn from this. Let's go through it. The first thing that I see here is we have to look at our priorities. In verses 5 and 7, Haggai shares twice. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. I wonder if any of us can identify with any of the statements Haggai makes. Has anyone here ever planted much? You feel like you planted much but harvested little? Anybody? Have you ever eaten but never have enough? Maybe in a nice cold room, have you ever put on clothes but can't get warm? Yeah, and do you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it? I remember as I was going through this this process in my own family's life that Jen and I Um, somehow her name changed from Jennifer to Jenny to Jen with two N's, my bride's name. It's interesting how that's morphed over the last 25 years, but it's Jen. And, uh, I, I might call her Jenny several times here, but my Jenny is a saver. Where are the savers in the room today? The natural born savers. Like if you had $20 bill, it's still going to be in your house. Okay. That's awesome. Bless you. You are awesome. Right? (laughs) Who here is a spender? Identify yourselves. Listen, you already heard it. The spinners are far more proud of their ability than the savers are. I said the savers, all of them were like almost apologetic. Right, the spinner's like, woo! This is awesome. We both have purposes. And God, Pastor has mentioned, God usually puts those together, right? And there's a reason, right? The saver makes sure you show up at retirement with money. The spinner makes sure you have fun getting there, right? We both have purposes. It's real good. But here's what I know, my wife is the saver, I'm the spender. And, and our priorities had gotten out of whack because we were pursuing everything we wanted. And as a result, if you are not careful, greed will chase out generosity. If you're not careful, selfishness will replace selflessness. If you're not careful, you will be in, end up in a place where scarcity will replace where surplus should be. We serve a God of more than enough. We serve a God who has a cattle on a thousand hills, but he will not invest in crazy. And I had to recognize that my priorities were out of whack. Do you know how me and my bride discovered that our priorities were out of whack? Through an old-fashioned budget meeting. Uh-oh, all the spenders are like, <laughs> right? But let me tell you how it went down. There was a Sunday afternoon, I, it was after church, and I was taking a nap, and my bride came in. I was watching my beloved Chicago Scrubs lose another baseball game, and they were really bad back then. They're bad again, really. April 1st is when the Cubs are mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, <laughs> which means I was really taking a nap, and my bride came in, Jen did, and she said, Joseph, what do you think of this budget? Well, what do you think I think of that budget? I'm a spender. I burst into rap poetry. I said, my name is Joe, and that budget makes me say no, and that interrupts my flow, so it's got to go. (laughs) She didn't laugh, but she was cute, so I decided to look at it. And in the budget, watch this, she had rearranged my priorities, our priorities. Instead of putting what I wanted first, she had put God first. And she had put saving second, investing third, and we planned the rest. And, and then I looked at it, and, and there was golf in the budget. Did you know you can put golf in the budget? I did not know you could do that. I thought a budget meant no fun ever. <laughs> then you die, right? <laughs> and then as an engineer, I discovered this could be an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Oh, I ran in the computer room, got on my Gateway 2000 computer. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And we got this budget to balance to exactly zero, and then we did something crazy. We followed it. Stunning. And, and do you know what happened? Everything in our life changed. And we realized that we didn't have a money problem We actually had a spiritual problem. Because the way that we manage money is a direct reflection of our heart. Jesus said it. Wherever your treasure is, there your what? Heart will be also. And watch this. He's interested in our heart. He knows this fundamental fact. You can't separate it. And as a result, money is a direct reflection of where our heart is. And we from that moment forward have never failed to put God first with the full tithe. We have never failed to prioritize savings. Our priorities change. So let me ask you some questions. Are we friends? Maybe, maybe, a little bit. I'm gonna ask some questions. We may not be friends after this, but it's it's my calling, so I have to, okay? You ready? Do you receive money, but don't prepare a budget for it? Don't don't answer it out loud. You don't have to. Some of you are very focused on your notes. That's awesome. When you receive money, is the first thought about how you're gonna spend it or is it about how you can invest it? Do you have nice stuff but always want to replace it with new and better stuff? The way to chase it out is to beat it back with generosity and with a budget that prioritizes the dream God has placed in your heart. Here's the thing. Have you noticed that we don't ever buy a book, How to Be Broke and Five Easy Steps? Because it's easy. Why? Because we have a common enemy. And 1 Peter 5, 8 talks about this enemy. he says, be aware, alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And here's what I would just tell you today. That if you ever thought or you've ever said, hey, we start to make progress and then we get knocked back down. We start to make progress, we get knocked back down. Hey, could I just press in and say that's because you have an enemy? And if he can keep you broke, he can keep you focused on yourself. But there's something that gets broken when you choose to put God first. And the way to intentionally always do that is to prioritize it. That's exactly what Haggai's saying. And the second thing that we see here is that we have to look at our effort. In verse eight, it says, Go up into the mountains. This is effort. Bring down timber, build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. So, what's another way to say this? Hey, getting your financial house in order. Can I get a witness It's going to take effort? It's going to take effort. It's going to take saying no to yourself. Um, it's going to take saying no to your beautiful kids. Are there any grandparents in the house? Yeah. I hear it's almost impossible to say no to them. Is that true? Like your wallet levitates out of your pocketbook. It's just, and you just spit, because they're beautiful. I mean, good looks and intelligence skips generations. Straight from you to the grandbabies. That's what I hear anyhow. ha, ha, ha. But let me ask you a question. Effort. Does it take effort to prepare a written budget? Yes. Does it take effort to follow the written budget? Yes. Yes. Does it take effort to have a written budget that you follow that put God first? Yes. Because every single time that you put God first and saving second, there will be something that will show up saying, fund me instead. You want to know proof? I see it all the time. People say I can't tithe, they got a truck with a $1,000 a month payment. They should have a bumper sticker saying I'm driving God's tithe. Hey listen, I tithe, but I got a 1997 GMC 1500 get fired up pick em up truck. <laughs> hey, but I tithe. And you know what, I barely touch the key and the thing fires up, woo! The most underpowered V6 you've ever seen. Terrible, I wanted to die. I finally replaced it last year. I went to the Dodge family. I have a 2022 Dodge, get fired up. But you know what? By having it for 25 years, God's faithfulness, we wrote a check and drove out. No debt chased us home. Do you see it? Effort. My wife and I decided we we were gonna become debt free except for our house or any investment grade debt. And so we started attacking debt And we put this budget together. And the first thing we did was build a little emergency fund just to keep the the Satan at bay so that if the car tire went flat, the devil is a liar, we can pay for it. It took effort. It took effort to say no, not now, later. And, and, And before we knew it, in 14 months, we paid off all of our debt except for our house. We paid off our student loans. We paid off the car. I paid off the pick-em-up truck. Come on, the Lord helped us pay off everything except for our house, and we experienced freedom! (laughs) Woo! Hey, but you know why it's like this? Oh, that's great, because it's me. But if it happened in your household, you're applauding because you know what that feeling's like. Let, Let me challenge you today. It says for freedom that Christ set us free. Does that describe your financial house? Because there's decisions that you can make. And when you put God first, here's what I learned. Putting God first forced me to become a better money manager. Because you cannot give away 10% and not become a better manager of the rest. And God owns all of it. And so it took effort. In fact, one of the things that I've met with many times is people say, Joe, oh my goodness, um, a budget, I hate talking about money. It's the worst. Literally, They'll sit there and say, if I was given the choice of budgeting and being hit up by the head with a piece of lumber, you would literally ask to look at the lumber before you made your decision. Where, who's with me, right? Here's the thing. Those same people who say they can't find a way to do a budget know everything there is to know about their fantasy football team. In fact, they will spend time watching games they have no care in the world about, losers, that are never going to make the playoffs. Why? Because they have a player plan. They just might make it. They might run for seven touchdowns and you'll catch up. They know everything out about their favorite show, all the characters, all the episodes. They find the time to spend all that time on it. And when it's over, none of their life has changed but they can't find the thing to spend time on this thing. Why? Because it is a spiritual challenge and it requires effort to lean into it. I dare you to do it. Listen, it takes hard work. Bishop T.D. Jake said this, many people are asking God for a table and chairs, but he's given them a tree. The table and chairs are in the tree, but it takes effort to get it out, doesn't it? Yeah, our effort. Let's look at the final one, the Lord's blessing. If we're gonna get a new purse, we have to position ourselves to receive the Lord's blessing. Verse nine says, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Look at that. It doesn't matter what you did. The Lord himself said, I blew it away. Why? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. So I came today to say, hey, it's time to prioritize the Lord's house. And unless you think this is only about money, this is actually about your entire life. It's it's about your presence. It's about being focused on the things of God and saying, hey, you know, one of the things that the practices that has helped me so greatly is every morning before I get out of bed, you version up and the Bible plan I'm going through is going I actually have it read it to me while I'm sitting there reading it on the screen. Why? I call it breakfast before, you know, bread before breakfast, right? I'm getting my daily bread before I ever start. I heard pastor talk about that. And it helps me, it sets my day. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm giving you this first part of my day. The day goes so much better when that happens. And the Lord's blessing shows up. Psalm 24 one says, the earth is the Lord's and some of it. The Lord, earth is the Lord's except for just the part that I want to keep back for myself. What's it say? The earth is the Lord's and what? Say it. And everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So let me ask you the question. Does God want to be first or last in your life? First. I looked up this word first fruits in the Bible and if you like the NIV, you'll find the word first fruits 32 times. If you like the King James Version, who grew up with the King James Version? then thou shalt find it there 30 times. It's a church (laughs) joke. If you like the ESV edition, it's 33 times. Guess how many times the words last fruits or no fruits are mentioned in all editions of the Bible combined? Yeah, zero. Why? Because God wants to be first. Malachi 3, 9 through 10, pastor shared it in this series. I just want to repeat it. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe, that means one-tenth of the whole part, into the storehouse. That word is the temple, the place where we're fed. That there may be food in my house. And everybody read these four words with me. Will you read them? Let's go. Test me in this. This is a promise of the Lord. It says the Lord Almighty, and see if I not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And so my question is, we know you want God to be first in your life. You're joining online. You're in this room. That's a sign that you want God in first place in your life. As you look through your life and your actions, do your priorities reflect that? Because we can easily get out of whack. We are humans. We get greatly distracted. Shiny stuff syndrome. Still something I beat back every day. But if we want the Lord's blessing in our life, It requires us saying every single day, I die to myself, Lord, you're first. Help me to manage everything you give me knowing you own it all and I am the manager. You know, I came to this point where I ran across a verse that's 2 Corinthians 9, 8 and it's another promise. And it says, and God is able. If we just stop right there, that's enough. But able to do what? To bless you abundantly. That means you, not just the speaker up here today but you why so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work I'll never forget me and my bride walking into that room to get on that gateway 2000 computer to get on Bill Gates best creation Microsoft Excel listen some of you are like that sounds horrible But if I could be in pivot tables and spreadsheets and V-lookups for 14 hours a day, oh, heaven, who's with me? Three people, yes. I had no idea in that moment that my entire life was gonna change, had no idea. That the simple process of joining with my bride to have what I thought was a financial conversation that became a spiritual conversation would reveal gaps in which I was holding back from the Lord. And on an ordinary Sunday, a holy moment happened. A holy moment for our marriage. A holy moment for my children. My little four-year-old daughter Because of that moment, we made a decision to start a 529 college savings plan. She got to go to college, and it was all saved for her. She graduated debt-free. That moment allowed my next two children to show up, and they don't know what it's like to have a mother and father who don't honor the Lord and don't prioritize Him with all of their life. They just don't know because of one moment. I had surrendered my life to the Lord as a 12 year old but in that moment it was revealed that everything had been surrendered to him except for this money thing and in that moment he got it all and from that moment forward have there been ups have there been downs yes have I had businesses lose lots of money in COVID yep some of them go in a coma yep the Lord has been good hey hey Today, I want to ask you this question. What are you holding back, if anything? Do you need to change the priorities? Hey, and for those of you who've never surrendered your life to the Lord, maybe today's that day. You know, in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Hey, have you ever surrendered your entire life to Jesus? When you put him first, hey, everything else falls in place. So in this moment, will you bow your heads, close your eyes. In a moment before the Lord, hey, is this the moment? If this is your moment, we saw people pass through the waters of baptism today, a public profession of their faith. Hey, maybe that's your moment today. If that's you, hey, right there while you sit, you could just pray to the Lord and say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I confess you as Lord. And Jesus, in this moment, I surrender it all to you. Hey, in this moment, if you've made that prayer, it says that there are angels in heaven rejoicing. Lord, I thank you so much that you are true to your word, that you love us, regardless of what's in the bank account or not. Lord Jesus, I pray for every single person that surrendered their life to you in this moment. Welcome them with open arms, Lord Jesus, and guide their every step. Jesus, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.